0: If you got your Bibles, I want you to go to Matthew chapter 5. How many love the Word of God? How many love the Word of God? All right. I, I, I love the Word of God. I, 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 love, I love what God's doing in our church right now. In, in that you can feel, we just got out of a series called "Summer of Joy," and all, all summer we were talking about the joy that really can be found in the presence of God. Psalm sixteen eleven says that the, the fullness of joy is found in the presence of God. So, so when we come together like this, it's not just to check the box. Is that when we come into His presence, this is where God's presence is. This is where His joy is found. And as we as a church embark on this faith journey right now with the Dream Center. We'll talk more about it as, as, as we go. I want to I want to talk for the next couple of weeks from this subject, no delays, no delays. And we believe this is the word that God's given us for our Dream Center project, for the vision of our church, but I believe for you individually in your own life, in your own house. What God usually does corporately through his house is oftentimes what he wants to do individually through your house. So when God gives a a word to the church that says there will be no delay he's giving a word to you and to your house and to your business and to your family and to the promises that you're believing god for there will be no delay and i want to go to a passage of scripture and you probably heard this story before this is one of the first Passage of scripture that I ever preached. I started preaching when I was 16 years old, and uh, this is one of the first passages that I ever preached, and, and, and it's one, one of my favorite because it speaks of the power that we each have in our own desperation for God to actually turn the heart of God. Some of us are forever waiting on God to make a move towards us. But I want to just help you as we begin this morning is that when God sent Jesus to be the sacrifice for our sins, that was his move. The the, the move is not his to make. He made his move. Now now the move is us. The move is ours. And it's, it's, it's what we would call faith. Faith. Matthew chapter 5 verse 25 says, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. 12 years, 12 years suffering. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and she touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Watch this progression. She thought, if I touch his clothes, I will be healed. And immediately, everybody say immediately. I like it when the Bible says immediately. I'm all in for immediately's and suddenly's. 12 years, not interested. Immediately's and suddenly's, I'm I'm all about. He says, immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and he asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. And then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole story. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Your what? Your faith. Your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. I think it's interesting that, that, that it, wasn't, it, it, it wasn't Jesus looking through the crowd and finding her. It wasn't Jesus giving an altar call, saying, hey, anybody that needs to be healed, come forward. It was this woman with her need and her faith that found Jesus. And it just so happened, if you know the passage of Scripture, that Jesus wasn't on his way to her. Jesus was on his way somewhere else. In just the verses before this, you see this, that there's a man by the name of Jairus that comes to Jesus, and he says, I need you to come to my house. My daughter is sick and dying, and Jesus says, let's go. And so he's going with Jairus to to take care of, to heal Jairus' daughter, and on the way to Jairus' daughter, he gets interrupted by the faith of this woman. When, When you talk about no delays in the kingdom of God, you have to understand that the The kingdom of God, it really is a journey. So when we say no delays, we're not just talking about all of a sudden, all of your wishes and all of your requests and all of your prayers all of a sudden come through. Because each of us, if you've walked with God very long, you know that there always is a journey that's attached to your immediately. Right? It says immediately she was healed. Well, for 12 years she suffered. So so the miracle came in an instant... But the journey was over 12 years. And I I want to give some encouragement to somebody that's been struggling with something for a really long time. Because just because you've been struggling with something for a long time doesn't mean that there's not going to be an immediately in your future. Because when God begins to unleash or release his power, he can take what the enemy's done. Or he can take even in the natural what we have as disease or we have in sickness. And God can heal in a moment. You know, you know god god's not lacking in power god god's so he's all right he's got enough sometimes it's funny to me that that christians we kind of approach god like like he has a limited power like okay you got you can give me 13 miracles over the over my lifetime and so this is a bad one jesus i need you right and then you have it in your head like he probably has enough power for like 12 more it's like i know he can heal a headache but can he heal cancer I, I, know he, I, know, I know he can encourage me, encourage my heart, but, but can he set me free from addiction? But, but this, this is what you have to understand about God, is that God has all power. He doesn't have some power. He doesn't have the majority of power. God has all power. So if he's got all power and he uses some, he still has all power. He, his power is not depleted as he does miracles. God's power is not depleted as he heals your body. God's power is not depleted as he answers prayers. God can do something one day and still have the same amount of power the next day. Because this is the truth. If you got all the money, like all the money. My boys are like really into like who is the richest person on earth right now. And they keep on asking Siri, like seeing if it changes. Who's the richest person on earth right now? And, 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 And then I'm trying to explain to them how much money that is. Billions. You guys know how much billions are? It's a lot. I mean, we could like, we could really transform some cities with some billionaires. I'm, 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 trying, I'm not counting it up. and I'm trying to like show my boys like how much that is. A, that's, a, that's a lot. People out there running around. I'm like, I'm buying lunch at In-N-Out. And I'm like, dude, this would be like, this would be like LeBron James buying like four dream centers. <laughs> the same as me buying a double double at In-N-Out. Like that's about the same. That's about the same ratio. That is a lot. When God has all power, it's not depleted when He answers your prayer or when He works on your behalf. We, we have to stop treating God like He's human. We got to stop treating God like He's limited. Like that might be too big of a thing to ask. Or I don't want to bother him with my need. Or I don't want to bother him with this miracle that I need. Or I don't want, I can just handle it on my own. No, you can't. You're human. I'm human. And we're limited. And we need a higher power, a supernatural force. And friends, it's him. It's Jesus. And, and, and he, can, he can answer these prayers and still not be limited. We, 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 we started the Dream Center remodel, and we have been holding on to the word that there will be no delay. That's the that, 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 word. There's going to be no delay. And when we talk about delay, we're talking about nothing in us that's going to get in the way of what God wants to do. I don't know how long the journey is going to be, but there's going to be no delay in our faith, in our obedience, And in in, in our trust in what God is going to do. No delays means that we're not going to be the ones to hold up the project. And we're having to step out in faith. Many of you, if you weren't here, last week we began construction. $8.9 million renovation right in Oak Cliff. And it's scary because we don't have the money. But we have a word from God that we need to do it now and that there's going to be no delay and the community needs us now. And so we had to step out in faith. So we have now a front row seat at the provision of God. But, but I got to be honest with you. It's, it's scary to walk in faith. I think about this woman with the issue of blood. Theologians believe that it was like some type of hemorrhaging that she had. and, And, and it was a condition that would label her as unclean. So, so not only was she suffering, but she was ostracized from community and from neighbors and from friends. Because in, in Jewish custom, she would be labeled as unclean. So for her to, to march onto the scene was risky enough. Not only to interrupt Jesus, but to actually show up in, in, in the throngs of people was risky. It was, it was desperate. I, I, just, I just like it when people get desperate for God. I just think there's something about desperation that says I'm not going to settle for status quo. I'm, I'm not just going to do what I've always done. God, there's something that's available for me. I'm, I'm going to go get it. And, 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 and it's not like this woman had had it easy for 12 years. She suffered. Most theologians believe that she was a very wealthy woman that had spent all of her life savings on doctors. And your scripture says, and she got worse. But it just so happened that she began to hear. She began to hear about Jesus. The Bible teaches us this faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. So she began to hear rumors that there was this man named Jesus that was healing people. That blind people were beginning to see. And that lame people were beginning to walk. And that even some dead had come back to life. And and, and this man Jesus was doing these, these miracles. She began to hear Hearing is the beginning of faith. Just just knowing that it's possible for God to meet you right where you are. Just hearing that God could turn your situation around is the beginning of faith. See, for many of us, if we would suffer for 12 years with anything, we would begin to just accept it as normal. After you've you've suffered with something for so long, it's just like, you know what, I, I, I think this is the thorn in my flesh. This is the thing that I'm just gonna have to walk through life with. I just have chronic fatigue. I just have anxiety. I just have a temper. I just will never get over what happened to me as a child. I will just never get over that divorce. I'll never love again. I'll never trust again. I'll never. And, and you just need to hear that there's this man, Jesus, that, that, that's walking through our communities and walking through our, our cities, and, and, and he has the ability to do. The impossible, that, friends, is the beginning of faith. To know that whatever I'm in right now does not have to be what I stay in forever. That God has the power to change situations. He he has the ability to do miracles. It says, when she heard about Jesus in verse 27, she came up behind him in the crowd and she touched his cloak. Her condition seemed to be impossible. Impossible but we say this as a staff, one of our core values is impossibility. An invitation is an, an, impossibility is an invitation for the power of God to show up in your life. Wherever there is a place where my human ability fails, it is an opportunity for God's supernatural ability to intervene. Whatever I cannot overcome on my own is an invitation for the power of God to work in me and to bring freedom on my behalf. This is why you can't let practical, natural barriers keep you from walking in supernatural peace, in supernatural provision, in supernatural, in, 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 in supernatural healing. Because wherever there's an impossibility, it can be an invitation for the power of God. She had thought, if I just touch his cloak, I will be healed. Now watch this. There is a progression of faith. She heard that Jesus could. She thought that Jesus might. So she acted. For many of us, our faith is something that we sing about and talk about, but we don't do anything about. If you've never been scared, you've probably never stepped out in faith. If you've never been stressed about the decision you just made, you've probably never taken a step of faith. Because faith is not walking on a road that you can see. Faith is stepping onto something that you cannot see. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is now faith. Right now. We need some now faith. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is not foolishness. Faith is anchored by a word from God. So faith is not, I just get to believe whatever I want and God's gonna do it, faith faith is anchored to what he says. So he says, by his stripes you were healed. My, My risk or my faith is anchored to his word with man this is impossible but with God all things are possible my faith is anchored to his word I don't just get to decide God's not a genie in the bottle that we rub and now he now all of a sudden he does impossible things he he, he's bound to his word so faith activates God's supernatural power by partnering with what he said so when God gives you a promise for your business for your family when God gives you a promise or vision or purpose for your life, for a future marriage, for family, for legacy, when God gives you a word or you find in the scriptures a word that God illuminates to you, that he says, this this is what I'm going to do in you and through you. You can now have faith in what he said. You can have belief in, we need in our church, churches, we need in the body of Christ as Christians to stir up now faith again. God's still the God of the impossible. I, 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 if, if anyone's going to be like the crazy old guy that like still believes God can do something, I want to be that guy. I, I want to be 95 years old and still believe that God can transform a city. Some of you are like, man, I don't know. I don't want to be the crazy, kooky old faith guy. What do you want to be? The crazy old grumpy guy that believed that God did what he did way back when and he can never do it again? No, why not believe God? Why not have faith? Why not take him at his word? Why not believe something can turn around? Why not God believe God can heal a body? Why not believe God can transform a city and transform a nation? Why not believe God? If you get to choose between if you're going to doubt or you're going to believe, why, why don't we just believe? Why don't we just have faith? I told you this before. I had a, had a lady that came up to me one, one time after a service, and, and she said, hey, Pastor, I just want to make sure. Are, is this one of those faith churches? I don't, be, I don't want to be part of one of those faith churches. And I'm like, um, wh- what's the opposite of a faith church? Like a doubt church? Man, I, 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 I just, if I got to choose, I'm going to choose faith. I'm going to choose life, secular culture will tell you that it's really important how you think about yourself, how you talk to yourself. Secular culture tells you to be positive instead of negative. The world knows this, but there's a supernatural component to the people of God that is accessed by faith. That says, not just being positive, but I'm accessing a joy that is not worldly joy. It's from God. I'm accessing a peace that cannot be touched by the world. It's peace from God. I'm accessing provision and wisdom. Like wisdom. You know, your Bible says if you lack wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. You need wisdom? Ask When's the last time you said, God, I, I need your wisdom for this business deal? I need your wisdom for this parenting decision. I need your wisdom. God will answer. He says, He gives wisdom. We have a, a supernatural component that oftentimes I think we never access because we never activate faith. Let's just like show up and see what God does. Well, God's only gonna do what you have faith for God to do. Can I prove it to you? It says that, you didn't say yes, but I'm taking, I'm taking liberties. <laughs> I saw one yes out there. It says that there was a crowd that was surrounded Jesus. They were all around him. So they're walking with him. And with the woman with issue of blood, when she reaches through and touches his clothes, he stops and he says, who touched me? Now his disciples were confused because everybody's touching him. You ever been in a big crowd? it's like, everybody, everybody. You ever been stuck in the back of an airplane? It's like, everybody's touching you. It's like, this is terrible. I need to go shower right now. <laughs> Jesus is in the middle of a crowd. And he says, who touched me? So this tells me you can be close to Jesus. You can, be, you can walk with Jesus. You can identify as a follower of Jesus. And you cannot have faith. Because there was only one person that walked away from that group healed. Out of the the crowd, there was only one that we know of that walked out with a miracle. And it was the woman who had faith to believe that God could. So there was hundreds that walked with Jesus but didn't get anything from Jesus. But there was one that touched Jesus and walked away whole. There is a difference. There is a difference from being close to him. And accessing his power. And faith is the great activator. Faith is what activates the supernatural power of God. Which tells me this. That whole crowd could have walked with Jesus his entire journey on life. And his whole whole journey on earth. And they could have been sick. They could have been depressed. They, they, They could have been afflicted. And they would have walked with Jesus his whole journey on earth. And they would have been the same. And you're thinking, God, why didn't you heal them? They were with Jesus. They walked with Jesus. They rubbed shoulders with Jesus. They were in selfies with Jesus. They, they, if, if we saw Jesus, it was them. They were together. But yet they never changed? Because there was only one person in the crowd that understood the activator. And this is what we have to understand as believers in our world right now. We have to have some activators. We have to have some people that say we're close to him. We sing to him. We're in church together. But somebody has to activate the power of God. Somebody has to have faith to believe that he will do what he said he would do. She had faith. She had faith to believe it. Her thoughts led to actions which led to results. You you can't have faith just in theory. Real faith always moves. So the thought that God can resulted in the action, the faith movement that then resulted in a result, in an outcome, thought, action, result. James chapter 2, verse 17, it says, In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. Or another translation says, I will show you my faith by what I do. What has your faith done lately? Man, I got so much faith. Do you? What is it it done? What step of faith? What place of faith are you so far out over the limb on that if God doesn't come through, you don't know what's going to happen? What what areas have you stretched yourself to a place of faith where you are trusting God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind? I would venture to say some of us have never stretched to the place of faith where we actually say, God, I don't know how this is going to happen. But you know what? Once you begin on the journey of faith, it begins to be addicting because God's faithful and he begins to come through and you see him answer and you begin to gain history with God and all of a sudden now your faith increases and you begin trusting God and things happen. You say, okay, it doesn't feel good because faith never feels good. It never feels good. As as, as many times as you do it and as many times as God's faithful, it just, maybe, maybe it's going to someday for me, but I'm going to tell you, I've been in faith a lot. And it still doesn't feel good. But God's always faithful. He's always faithful. In verse 30, it says, At once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and he asked, Who touched my clothes? I want you to see something. The woman didn't ask permission to touch him. In fact, the woman didn't even ask if Jesus would pray for her. The woman didn't ask if she could have audience with Jesus and they could have some counseling sessions and they could talk about some breakthrough deliverance prayer. All she did was activate her faith. And the faith pulled on what was on Jesus. Now, this is interesting. She didn't touch Jesus. She touched what was on Jesus. This, this is powerful. If you catch this, because you, you can't do anything in your own strength. But the Bible says the anointing breaks the yoke of bondage. What's powerful on you is the anointing of God on you. It's not me in my strength or you in your strength. It's the power of God on you. And when she reached out and touched what was on Jesus, the power of God began to flow in her life. So much so that Jesus turned around and he didn't know who got healed. This is Jesus. I mean, how embarrassing for the Son of God to be like, I, I, think, I think some power slipped out. One of you got a miracle. Who is it? He didn't know. He just said, man, I felt power go out for me. Who touched me? And his disciples are like, wow, well, Jesus, man, you need some food, bro. Look, there's people everywhere. It's like everyone's touching you. He said, no, someone touched me. You know, there's a difference between proximity and intention. You can bump into someone accidentally, but this woman didn't bump into Jesus accidentally. She took hold of him purposefully. There is a big difference. Faith takes hold of God on purpose, it takes him at his word on purpose. It's not ac- some of you, you, you've encountered the presence of God because you've accidentally bumped into the presence of God in church, but there's another dimension of life with God. That you would experience if you intentionally came into a worship service and instead of just seeing if it's your favorite song or not, you opened up your heart and begin to say, "God, I want you today. I want to reach through the crowd. I want to reach through the doubts. I want to reach through my excuses, and I want to take hold of you today by faith." Because the Bible says that you can throw, you can approach the throne of grace with boldness, with- which means we can come into the presence of God. That we we, we can come into. His presence, the veil of the temple has been torn. Now we have access to God. She touched him and she was healed. The disciples responded, you see the people crowding against you. His disciples answered, and yet you can ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Let me tell you something about faith. Faith always requires risk. You've heard it before, and you're going to hear it again. Faith requires risk. You know when people say it's faith? When they look back at the miracle that God's done. You know how people look at it before it's done? They're like, you're an idiot. You're foolish. That's risky. But afterwards, man, I had some bankers call me some interesting things when we were about to build this building. And now... I talk to people, and they're like, wow, you had so much faith. But nobody was saying it then. Then they were like, oh, you're too young. You're this, you're that. The church is too small. All, all the excuses. Because faith is risky on the front side. It doesn't even, people don't even call it faith on the front side. They're just like, oh, that's a risk. Right now at the Dream Center, oh, it's a risk. But in a year, everyone's going to say, what great faith. Because when God shows off, and when God shows up in power, everyone's going to be like, wow, Church 1132 has great faith. But right now, everyone's going to look and be like, "Ooh, the economy, oh, this, that's a big project, ah, in that neighborhood, oh, my goodness. It looks risky. Faith is always risky. Faith, number two, will always be tested. Now, you got to know this, because I thought, I thought starting out, as soon as you step out in faith it was like the immediately started coming, right? You step out in faith, and everyone's like, yeah, go for it. You got this, pastor. Let's go, faith. People aren't like that. It's, it's funny. It's, it's like, it's like they, don't, they didn't hear it like you heard it. They don't see it like you see it. So they want to tell you, like, well, I knew, I knew another guy that had faith. And, you know, it didn't go so well for them. Maybe you should wait until the economy is a little bit better before you take that. Step of faith. Maybe, maybe maybe you should just wait until practically things align a little bit better before you take that step of faith. Faith will always be tested, and if you're trying to just run out there and be a loose cannon, then I get it. We got to watch out for you. But if you're anchored to a word, then you have to endure the test. If you know what God said, then you have to endure the test. If you know God said He's going to restore that thing you're believing God to restore, then you got to endure the test. You have to endure the 12 years so that you can get to the immediately. You have to be faithful in the 12-year journey so that you can experience the no-delay journey. Everybody wants the no-delays, and and, and believe me, I want the no-delays. But the no-delays is always accompanied by a journey of obedience, faith, will always be tested. The last one, we talked about this already, but faith activates supernatural power. I don't know what the area of impossibility that you're feeling or you came in with, but I know this, there is no lack in God. I felt this, I was praying this week, and I didn't say this in the first service, I felt this specifically for you today in this service, but somebody's been struggling with mental health issues and you have just resigned that this is how it will always be for you. And, and I, I, I feel like I'm supposed to be the little messenger in the crowd whispering, Jesus is coming through. Jesus healed somebody else over there. and Jesus healed somebody. I think he might be able to do it. I think there might be an answer. I think there might. Because after you get used to something for so long, it just becomes something you live with. But you don't have to live with a limp. You don't have to live with the lamp. I'll never be free from this temper. Change your talk. Change your words. Change your language. God's going to set you free. He can fill your heart with love. I have seen God take some of the most hateful people and soften their hard hearts and fill them with the love of God. I have seen God take people on the verge of suicide, depressed, discouraged, no purpose in their life, and God ignite a fire of purpose in their heart and completely transform their lives. I have seen marriages that have been so far down the road that you would bet all the money you have that it would never last, and God soften someone's heart and bring repentance and turn them around. I have seen bodies healed i've seen marriages restored i've seen kids come back to jesus i've seen prodigals that have come home i've seen parents that have been far from god that kids have been interceding and pray i've seen him, i've seen it happen friends this is not just faith that we throw out to the wind somewhere this is faith that's anchored in the word to a loving god that is the same yesterday today and forever that is the god of the impossible And it's faith that activates his supernatural power. So all this month as we preach this series, well, I gotta be honest with you. I wanted to preach this series after God answers our prayer for the Dream Center. Because I thought that'd be more fun and a little bit more like powerful. Because I'd preach it all like this and I'd be like, whoa, look at it. This is what God did. But, but I felt like God told me to do it now because we're going to be in this journey together. So we're going to... I don't have an answer yet. So, so, so every week for the next couple of weeks, I'm, I'm going to give you a little sneak peek of my weekly pep talk to myself. Dustin, God can do the impossible. He has no lack of power. 8.9 million is a lot to you, but it's not to God. There is resource that's moving all throughout this earth. That God is God is not God is not batting an eye at an amount. An amount means nothing to him. Dustin, don't be one who's just close by Jesus hoping you get the leftovers of a miracle. Take hold of Jesus. Pull from him. Activate His anointing. Activate. So you know what? When I go into meetings with bankers, when I go into meetings with donors, when I go into meetings with a construction company, before I go in, I don't, I don't try to rehearse all the things that I can say perfectly. I get in my car and I turn on my worship music and I say, God, help me. Give me wisdom. Give me your words. Help me connect to someone's heart. I'm not trying to just... Crunch a bunch of numbers to convince their mind. Help me show them what we can do if we can capture their heart. Give me wisdom. You said this, God. Help me reach through the crowd and the naysayers and the critiquers and the haters. And let me grab a hold of what's on you. The anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. The anointing that can do the impossible. The anointing that can save a city. Let me grab hold of that. And I would say to you, start pep-talking yourself again. Any area that has become dormant, any area that you have written off as this is an area of impossibility, this is just what I'm going to have to live with. This is just who I'm going to have to live with. I'm going to tell you this. You would be surprised at what the Holy Spirit can do in your marriage by you not talking to your spouse about it, but by you beginning to seek God about it. Holy Spirit... Will you change me? No, no, I was talking about them. No, no, this is how you do it. Holy Spirit, will you change me? Will you, ch- will you speak to me? And y- you've been praying the wrong prayers. Holy Spirit, please show them. No, I'm going to tell you how it works. Holy Spirit, change me. Change me. What do you need? You need faith. Activate the supernatural power of God to believe that your situation can Change. My business is so upside down, Pastor. I don't think it's ever coming back. God, give me a word. Wait, God give you a word? God give you a promise? That's all you need. That's all you need. So now you reach through the critique and you reach through the crowd and you lay hold. You lay hold of God's willingness. You activate His power by faith. Mark 5, verse 34 is the last verse in the passage. It says, Jesus said to her, this is in the message translation, daughter, you took a risk of faith. I love that it says it like that. You took a risk of faith and now you're healed and whole. Okay, we're going to close, but I want you to see this. She never takes the risk. She's never healed or whole. Does that make God bad? No. He had it all along. But it was accessed by her faith. I know some of you are like, I've got I to try to compute this. I gotta, I just, it's okay. Go pray about it this week. Think about it this week. Jesus was on his way somewhere else. But the faith of the woman stopped him and pulled from what was on him. He didn't even turn around and be like, I'm going to pray and fast for the next three days for your disorder. It was just her faith grabbed hold of what was available. And immediately... She was healed. And I would say maybe it's something small for you. It's just, man, this thing, I just don't know if I'm ever going to get over it. I don't know if I'm ever going to get through You will. You will, and you can by God's grace, but you got to take hold of it because you can walk with Jesus your whole life and still deal with it because faith is what takes hold of it. I, I don't know who this is for. but. I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, you've got to start praying in faith for some things regarding business. There's some business owners. You've got to start praying in faith, regard, not just like, God bless my business. You need to get real specific. What do you need? How do you want God to bless it? What do you need Him to do? And start asking God, taking hold of that, taking hold of that willingness. Some of you are in ministry, and you need to get really specific. I, I just was reminded of this years ago when we just started our youth ministry and and we wanted to have full-on worship for the young people And I had people tell me I came to we just moved to Texas and they're like you got to have like You got to have like arcades and games and you got to have this and that and I'm like, well We don't have any money And uh, so we're gonna have worship and we're gonna preach because that's like all we can do and they're like, yeah That's not gonna work so, All right. Well, that's that's all we got. Well, we had the preaching at least the attempt at preaching, we didn't really have worship because we didn't have a lot of musicians, so I was on the search to find musicians. Now, some of y'all wouldn't agree with this back then. I just went and found a punk band that was playing down in Deep Ellum, and I'm like, you want a guaranteed gig every single week with over 150 students every single week? They're like, yeah, for sure. I'm like, you just have to play my songs. And they're like, and that was our that was one of our first bands. And I could tell you all names of all three of them, and you would know who they are. And, and that, that that was how that's how that's how we started. We had to go get it. We gotta like, we gotta, we gotta make it work. But I started to pray specifically. God, we need a worship leader. God, I need someone that plays bass guitar. God, we need a drummer that's saved. We just need an upgrade, you know. God, I need a lead vocalist that doesn't smoke pot after he leads worship. Man, he could sing, but he could also smoke. Uh, It's all good, you know. He got saved eventually. Got set free as well, praise God. Uh, I started to get real specific with what I needed, and God began to answer. I believe our worship right now is honestly one of the greatest in the nation as far as the depth of musicians and the depth of leaders and the sensitivity they have to the heart of God, the way that they lead. And there's all of these other worship leaders that they're raising. I mean, we have, we have so many worship leaders. It's, in, it's incredible. And you know what I think? I think it started with the specific prayers of need so long ago. They said, God, we need, we need this person. And somebody, you're facing a situation, you're ministering your business, and you need that. You need to begin to ask God, take hold of that thing. That, that, I, need, I need that. Instead of just waiting like, I don't know, maybe someday I'll hire somebody good. No, I need, Lord, what is the right person that needs to come into my business to help? Maybe some of you saw the 245 team, and you're like, I want to be on that. But my business, I need, I need some help. You need to start praying right now that God does something supernatural in your business. What do you need? What do you need God to do? Where do you need wisdom? Where do you need increase? And begin to take hold of what God has. We have to break the poverty mentality spiritually. I'm not talking about resource now. I'm talking about the poverty mentality that says that we can't ask God. No, God is a generous God that wants to give to you and to me. And he's waiting on the other side of our faith. Faith is the activator of the supernatural power of God. Would you stand up with me?